At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything, from T-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets, and of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days. Like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection, or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to XYZ, the podcast about business, CNC, robotics, space, and more. My name is Aaron Goff, owner of Goff Custom Knives, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Nick Frank from the Frank Brothers Guitar Company. How are you, mate? I'm good. What's yeah. happening? Well, it's been a while since we got to chat. I've just been, my life has been crazy the last couple of weeks. We are just a couple busy guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well... Okay, so the big news, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post something in chat right now. You can have a look at it. Uh, this is the big news. This seems to be unf- an unfamiliar property to me. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, okay. So we, gorgeous. Stunning. <laughs> thank you. So, yes, we uh, finally bought a house. Okay, so this is, this is happening. This is, yeah, this is done. Because there done was deal. a little bit of a potential hiccup earlier with a different kerfuffle yeah i mean the shop in here (laughs) nick's just got halfway through the album (laughs) how big is it (gasps) um it's a bit over 2,000 square feet i think holy fuck dude (laughs) yeah that was the thing that made it for us man like this is better than the the last place oh yeah way better so that was a blessing absolutely yeah so basically Mm -hmm. for those of you that don't know what happened is um, we put an offer in on a property that was accepted. Um, the problem is the real estate agent said to me that it was mixed residential and commercial zoning, which turned out to not be true. It was just commercial zoning. And the banks don't want to lend against commercial property unless you have a lot of money to throw down. Like they were talking like 35% down payment and like 6% interest those kinds of numbers. Like it was pretty wild. Um, This place that we actually ended up buying also was a bit of an interesting situation because it's partially commercial. It's not technically commercial. Actually it's rural with a commercial exemption. So you have all of the allowed home industry uses plus a proper commercial exemption. Okay. 
So, um, well, and the problem was as soon as lenders saw that, they were like, nope, that, really? that having that little C for commercial on the listing instantly disqualified me from like 90% of the lenders. That I, 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 you told me that and I was like, that can't be fucking true. That seems crazy. But yeah, I didn't yeah. realize it was a hundred percent commercial, the last property because yes. it had a house on it. Yeah. Yeah. But the, um, the residence on that property was an accessory building to the commercial building. That's not so the other way around. Yeah. Wow. Why the fuck did they do that? I, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, it, it's been a bit of a wild ride and like literally like the real estate agent thought, Oh, like, no, it's not going to be a problem. No problem at all. You know, the first mortgage broker that we talked to was like, Oh, no problem. And yeah. And then we were, you know, just a couple of days away from our finance condition, uh, running out and hadn't closed a mortgage, like hadn't been able to secure a mortgage. So was there any getting... penalty to that? No, thankfully we would have just lost the property. Right. Um, but basically, it just explained the situation to the sellers. Um, they seem really lovely. Um, so we ended up extending the finance condition by another week, uh, which is like, so for people that don't know what the Toronto market is like and the market around Toronto, usually if you have a condition at all on your offer, they just toss your offer right in the garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they just don't even look at it. Um, conditional offers are really unusual. Um so we had to like add a little extra juice to the deal, <laughs> I think partly because of that. But yeah, they they were willing to extend the offer. Um, and during the home inspection, we found some issues too. Like the septic was kind of fucked um, and there was radon in the basement. The fuck is that? Uh, it is a very fun, natural radioactive gas that leaches out of the ground. It mm. is the second leading cause of lung cancer Jesus. after cigarettes. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound good. No, but thankfully, like uh, the radon remediation is actually pretty simple. You basically like core a hole through the slab in in the basement of your house, and then you set up like a ventilation system. Okay, so pulls air out. And so this was outside. the old house that you didn't get. No, this is the house that we okay. we did get. But so the sellers, upon seeing both of these issues with the home inspection, they were like, "Oh my god, I'm, we're so sorry. We'll fix them." Really? Yeah. Where so is both this place? Of those. Um, it's about two and a quarter hours outside of Toronto. So in the Peterborough area though, right? In the Kawathas. Kawathas, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. So cool. It's a little bit more, um, rural than the last property, which was on a bit bit of a main highway. This seems like. I I like that. It's not right next to a highway. (laughs) The last place was like literally right. It would have been fine. It was, you know, probably not a. It's not like the 401 or something. It was just no highway, but this is nice. But yeah, this is a little more quaint. Yeah. So this place is five square, uh, sorry, five acres, a uh, bit over 2000 square foot shop. Five acres. Yeah. Um, wow. And the house is practically brand new. It was built in 2010. Wow. Yeah. It's a really cool, like it's got a beautiful front porch. Well, and that front porch is all screened in. Yeah. I need, uh, that's I fully screened. That. That's really nice. Yeah. Wow, dude. This is sick. so. Yeah, I'm. I'm stoked. I still can't believe that it's actually happening. Yeah. You, well. You know. Okay. So they've. You did find. You did secure mortgage. A mortgage. Yes. On this. Yes. Uh, a Canadian credit union called Desjardins uh, came through. In fact, we actually got the the listing. So this is one interesting thing that people. If if anyone else is kind of in this situation, this is a super handy thing to know. If you. Um, 
you know, so for us, we found that it wasn't really commercial. It was rural with a commercial exemption, which isn't the same thing as far as the banks are concerned. Mm -hmm. So then we went back to the seller's agent and had them amend the listing to remove all mentions of commercial. Oh, because that, that, the listing is what gets sent to the bank? Yes. And that would have potentially opened up a lot of extra lenders, right. except thankfully we'd already like, you know, th those things happened at the same time. We managed to secure uh, finance from Desjardins at the same time as that happening. Right. Um, it's a good bank, I guess. Yeah. I don't know much yeah, about yeah. them, but it's, it's a name brand. So yeah, it's it's been a bit of a wild ride as as you can tell, but what a it's cool gonna be, space, though. Like, the shop looks stunning. Yeah. So the the guy that had the place, I guess he was, like, a you know, car enthusiast of some kind. So it's set up as a... as a Yeah, it looks garage. like you can drive right through it. Yeah, you can. Uh, and the hoist comes... It has a two-post hydraulic hoist, and it comes with the property. <laughs> do you want that? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. And they're quite expensive. Because you can change your own tires. Well, I'm planning on building a race car, so... That'll be helpful. Okay. Well, yeah. So where's your mill going to go? Mills. Um, so there's two, there's basically three spaces right now in the shop. There is um, one large room, which I think is like 1200 square feet ish um, with like 12, 12 foot ceilings. Um, and that is going to be like the machine shop, that, that main room. Right. And then there's an office space off to one side. The office space must be like 600 square feet. Like it's pretty big, 500 square feet. Wow. Um, I'm going to carve off just the front of that to have as office space, maybe like 200 square feet. I really don't want much space. And then the rest of that will be divided off and then given access from the machine shop so I can use it as like storage, um, maybe like a clean room kind of area, like electronics and stuff. And then there's a whole back section. There's like basically another building. Yeah butted up to the back of this whole thing that we're talking about so far. And that's going to be like the dirty shop. So um, working on cars, welding, um, grinding, that kind of stuff. Is that where the car hoist is? No. Currently, the car hoist is in the area that will become the clean so space. Move it? Yeah, going to move it. And I might have to reinforce the slab where it gets moved to. Do you know how thick the slab is? No, but... If it's thick enough to to put a hoist on like that, then it's pretty thick. <laughs> mm -hmm. How come you um, don't think the other side is as thick? Uh, I just don't think it was like uh, poured for the hoist, you know. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. I might I might do cores on both sides and, sure. and get a definitive answer, you know. But yeah, so it's been a wild ride. Wow. It's been like congratulations. This is huge. I like it better than the you. other property. And I was yeah, me too. I mean, we, that, we like it. We that, like it more too. That would have been a great property too, but you know. But that one would have required a bunch of work because the the shop on that other property was the ceilings in it were only eight feet, which is not tall enough for mm. for the CNC machines. Yeah, that seemed like an annoying problem to have to solve. Yeah, so I mean, it wouldn't have been too bad, but it would have been like actual work to fix it. Whereas, like this place, I'm gonna spend some time tidying it up, making it looks it really like it nice. needs to be freshened up. Not the house. Yeah. The house looks perfect. House looks amazing. Yeah. How yeah, many beds? But, How many beds in the house? Uh, two. Okay, but so they don't show this for me. they don't show this in the well so wait for it they don't show this in the photos and i don't know why they didn't there is a unfinished basement that's the full footprint of the house hmm. so another 1200 square feet and it has nine foot ceilings oh what yeah it was like designed from the get-go to be finished and i guess they never did it so you guys are gonna do that 
Yeah, absolutely. So you get like another two or three bedrooms downstairs. That's easy. Amazing. It's funny because yeah. the house kind of looks like maybe it was is just sitting on top of the earth. It doesn't necessarily look right. like it has a basement. Uh, it does. Big one. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. This is huge. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. So yeah, it's it's super exciting. And I mean, one thing I wanted to talk about that came out of this, I mean, we don't normally talk finances directly on the show, but I think I'm going to in this case. Because the mortgage is like a scary amount of money. Mm-hmm. Like when you say, oh, it's going to be four grand a month for, for this place, which right. is like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But I, you know, so what actually, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because of what kind of pushed me into seeing that as okay, which is, so right now I pay $2,000 a month for my rented shop plus 1600 bucks a month for the apartment. Right. So that's 3,600 bucks already. And the apartment, they are only allowed to raise the rent 3.5% a year, mm-hmm. but they do it every year. Right. They, they don't want to miss out on that money. And at the shop, the uh, contracted increase in the lease is 5% a year for every year during the lease term. Mm-hmm. And then in between lease terms, so they'll only give you like a three year lease. And yeah, in between can... lease terms, they get to raise it as much as they want. Yeah. I've been through it. You know? It's awful. Yeah. So I did the math and I basically said, okay, so let's say they only raise it 10% at that lease jump, which is probably very optimistic. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 5%, 3.5% everywhere else. That means in five years, I'd be paying $4,700 or $4,800 a month in rent. Right. And that's if you want to stay in that place, even that apartment, which you've been at yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Maybe you try yeah. to go find a new apartment. You're not going to be paying. Not I mean, paying a lot paying. more. Yeah. So, so they decide yeah, to I re- mean, renovate that place or something. You can get evicted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, people in markets outside of Toronto, like, you know, there are definitely some markets where it's like way cheaper than this. And we did look at moving to somewhere that was just substantially cheaper. But as you know, it's just really difficult. When you have family and friends close by, it's pretty hard to justify just leaving everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, just for cheaper living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, so, I mean, that is nice. But yeah. But yeah, with with that in mind, having done that calculation, being like, holy shit, like if, if I do the safe thing by doing nothing, and I'm saying safe, quote unquote, you know, by doing nothing, then within five years, I'm going to be paying like almost five grand a month in rent. Right. And that money just in zero equity. Yeah, exactly. So after I saw that, I was like, uh, okay. Well, yeah, you, know, you wait five years to do this. This house is going to be worth 50% more. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was, it was a difficult decision. Um, I wish that the market wasn't, isn't the way it is, but within the bounds of, you know, what I have to work with, you know, and people that are living in smaller communities in Canada or, or in um, the U.S. will be like, "Holy fuck! What are these? What are these rent prices?" You know, like, and that's a completely reasonable, like, "Oh fuck!" moment to be honest. Oh yeah, I mean, in Toronto, you're looking at you could be paying eighteen hundred dollars for a, a one bedroom if you're lucky, a bachelor probably more likely. I know someone that's paying. It's it's a nice apartment, right? But I know someone that's paying thirty five hundred dollars a month for a two bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's yeah. 
we last apartment I rented was twenty five hundred dollars a month for two bed, and it was yep okay. <laughs> it was it was okay. Yeah, so it, it's pretty wild. I mean, one other thing I'm super excited about is you saw the shop. It has a huge, the largest roof um, fa- surface is in like the perfect orientation for solar panels. Yeah, it's it's got a long sloped roof. Yeah, in the right direction. So <laughs> I'm super excited about the idea of just it's steel. It is a steel roof, yeah. And it looks like it's in good condition, so you're in business. The yeah. house does have shingles, and you, we all know how you feel about shingles. I do hate shingles. Those shingles are nearing the end of their life, too. They've been on there for 10 years. Um, Shouldn't shingles last more than that? Not really. Okay. <laughs> 10 to 12 years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what I would like to do with that, so the side of the house that doesn't have the patio, it doesn't really have much overhang on the roof. And that means, and with the way it's oriented, that means that in summer, it's going to get quite a lot of sun in through those windows. Mm -hmm. So the ideal thing to do is do all the calculations, work out where the sun falls in winter versus summer, because the the sun is higher in summer than it is in winter. Um, And you basically extend the the roof, like the eaves, just enough to block the summer sun from those windows but to allow it in in winter. So you maximize the solar heat gain in winter, minimize it in summer, hmm. um, and then do that while we're installing a steel roof. Right. Right. So that's that's kind of the thought, but like, <laughs> you know, this place is just going to be like a, a black hole for money for a while. Uh, yeah, well, houses always kind of are. It's one of those things you just keep fixing up and then somebody else, something else goes... You know, yeah. a new water heater. Right. But I'm super excited about the idea of settling into a workshop. This place I've never really amazing, had that opportunity. Dude. Yeah. Like you can, yeah. this is, you can build the shop out to be the shop of your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. How absolutely. big is the, the, the main area with the office? Like the main shop with area the plus the office. You said there's a 600 square foot office. Uh, I would say it's like. 1600 square feet to 1800 square feet like it's pretty big okay yeah so i think i have to do actual measurements at some do they point, have four plans not of the shop no unfortunately but oh. you walk in i walked in and i was like oh okay holy shit because he had like um he had like an f-150 on the lift <laughs> and then there was like uh a couple of like ATVs and dirt bikes and stuff around it. Right. It's and you could still like, it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you could still like, you know, play a game of tag in there without running into stuff easily, you know? And then the back room had a, a huge power boat in it. Plus yeah, like a pair that. of ATVs and like, yeah. Well, so, so that's what I'm saying. That back room must, the floor must be fine. If you can hold that. Yeah. I don't know. Don't yeah, know. We'll see. We'll find out. Okay. Well, that's huge, dude. So yeah, that's that's why I've been quiet because like I've been working the day job, which has you know that was a bit of a complication in and of itself too because I'm like going to banks and they're like, oh, how long have you been in your current job for? And I'm like, one month. <laughs> and they're like, ah, uh, you know. So we worked through that, but you know, working full time plus like trying to keep the the knife business ticking along while wrangling all the finances and stuff for all of the you know the shit you have to do to buy a house has been it's a yeah. first world problem 
I recognize that, but it's been very, very stressful. Uh, buying a house is like one of the most stressful things you do. It's wild, dude. Like the process. They're like, oh, you see the house? And then like, yeah, for you know, five have, minutes. And then they're like, okay, would you like to sign your put life in away? a Yeah, put in a no conditions offer, you know, in, in Toronto. So for people that aren't familiar, the average home price in Toronto is now like 1.6 million or 1.8 million. Holy shit. It's like for a detached home. It's fucking oh, crazy. Oh, for a detached home, yeah. Yeah. And then if if someone wanted to like make sure they got that home, they would have to put in like an offer like 300k over asking with no conditions. You know, uh, so that's you see not even how- that much. Yeah, a bully offer. Yeah. Uh, like houses go for 300k over without that happening. <laughs> you know, just in like a regular bidding war if you really wanted to put in a bully offer. Right. It's just wild. Imagine like the situation you have to be in, you know, in, in seeing this place, we put a bully offer in because I was like, I don't want to deal with the, the bullshit anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't go crazy with it, but we were basically you like, show them you're serious. You want yeah. What are they looking for? Okay. Like I'll, and did they take it? Yeah. Okay, so it didn't go to uh, an offer night. No. Great. No, those are stressful. Yeah. Been there a couple of times. So, so yes, that's why I've been, quiet it's been a bit of a wild ride but yeah i'm so do you have neighbors i don't see any <laughs> far away <laughs> very far away neighbors yeah and there is actually also a lake over that hill in the background wow so it's like theoretically What's this walking path this dirt path beside you uh it's like a right of way uh that goes on the the side of the property uh that leads through to somebody else's um they, someone else has like an off-grid cabin oh. in behind us uh next to the lake cool so the that's just somebody's driveway basically yeah right and that your property is not on it it skirts your property uh they are actually that actually does go onto our property oh so they've got a what's it called a right of way right of way okay i don't know if it's technically a right of way or it's just there might be another name for it but that's called Um, deeded deeded path or something yeah i don't know yeah we'll we'll work that one out i don't think it's gonna be an issue just put a fence up. Yeah, I don't give I don't give a shit about that corner of the property. They can have it. <laughs> so yeah, I feel very um, I feel very conflicted. I feel both very relieved and incredibly terrified. Uh, when do you get like the keys? When do you move in? June fifteenth. Okay. Yeah, which is coming up fast. Yeah. So anyway, enough about me. How are things with you, buddy? Oh, that was a very exciting. Congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you. A You've of, seen a lot of the ins and outs for this yeah, process. Yeah, but yeah, big, big, uh, you've made some, you know, some big moves. You talked a lot about it and you actually oh, did yeah. it. I thought you were full <laughs> of shit. <laughs> uh, so many people say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been g- going well. I had, I don't know if you saw on my Instagram last week. I, um, I wouldn't say crashed the machine. Oh no! But I, I, I didn't really. I, I broke the optical tool setter. Just mm. the just the brake stem. Like I, I crashed right. a tool into the tool setter when I was trying to set a tool. But oh, how did you manage that? Like you accidentally had it on the wrong off like step size. I'll or tell something? you. So the day before, <laughs> the machine froze in the middle of this three D contouring tool path. Really long program. Just froze. Just for like no reason. Yeah. Didn't didn't mm. um, even give an error code. 
And you've had a couple of issues like that now, right? That's the, I've had the machine freeze in a program, but I could reset it, jog the spindle up and start again. Start again. Mm. And part of me thinks I've been running off USB, you know, like I just move mm. a big programs over to the memory and run it from there. Right. Which I've been trying to remember to do. It's just so convenient to run it off the USB. Yep. Um, so this was not that though. This had just paused and the, the spindle had dropped a little as if it like turned off. Oh. And so it went into my workpiece, which was sweet. <laughs> oh no. Only like 10 thou. Right. Um, and I couldn't jog the Z up. Um, mm. so, and I couldn't reset. I couldn't do a, you know, G28 home. There's a button for that that just sends all axes to home or you can press, right. you can just press in, in the individual axes and end that button and it just put, you know, I can do Z G28 home and it'll just go up. Right. Wouldn't do any of that. So I had to power the machine down, turn it back on and everything was fine. Um, the next day, um, I go to run a part and my Z, Z height was just a little off. And I was like, well, I just changed this tool. Maybe I fucked up and didn't tighten it. I don't know. That made no sense still because the the, the tool was short. Seemed short. So I just went to go um, touch it off again. And it does the probing cycle where it brings the tool down close Uh, to the the tip of the, to the anvil, the tool setter anvil. Yeah. Starts spinning it backwards. And then it's just stopped like a three, three sixteenths above the, the anvil. Mm-hmm. It just kept spinning, but it didn't touch, and it beeped as if it had touched it. I was like, well, oh. what the fuck? And then it couldn't reset, couldn't jog the spindle up. So I, so what I'm, I'm do, I, so I, well, sorry, I, I pressed this reset button, which stopped the spindle, but right. Anyways, so it wasn't turning anymore, but um, I press, I, you know, I select my axes, Z, and go to jog it up, and it won't go. So I assume all the axes are frozen, right. kind of like how what happened the day before. Um, so I go to jog it down just to confirm that suspicion. Stupid. <laughs> and it jogs and crashed right into it. Uh, honest, that doesn't sound like your fault. Like, I, I, I was I was a little like puzzled at the yeah. you know, I'm like trying to yeah workshop this. It's not like I I did made like a stupid really stupid mistake. That wasn't was was a hundred percent my fault. I still take credit for for doing it because I did hand jog it right into it. <laughs> but I, I just assumed it was frozen, which is a dumb assumption. But just up, just up was frozen. It could go down. That's weird, man. Have you talked to Haas yes. about this? Yeah. What did they say? Well, so I called Fabrizio. Yeah. Because I don't really have an apps um, contact. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've all these times I've any issue I've had I've just called the sales guy, sure. um, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll, let me just get you know send me an email with that problem that you're having." And then I was like, Ugh. "And he was like, you know what? Let me just get the guy to call you." So right, one of the apps guys calls me later that day, and I explained the whole thing to him, and he was like, "We've had that issue before. I've, that's not the first time I've heard of it or seen it. It's." not super common but it's a renishaw thing like they 
won't let you jog the Z up if the if there's um, a tool setter or or tool probe active, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, basically, it it was it hadn't didn't turn off the the probe didn't turn off. Yeah, right. So, so yeah, it's it still active. in like probing mode. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, "Let me just I'm just gonna send somebody over to do a software update for you." Yeah. So next morning, nine a.m., an apps guy is here. Starts doing the software uh, update. He brings me a break stem to redo the tool setter. He even does it for me. Nice. Which I wasn't expecting. Didn't ask him to do that. Uh, It was nice because I could keep working and I just like peppered him with questions the whole time he was here. (laughs) Right. Um, And was there any cost associated with that? Well, I got a bill for the the break stem. Right. And I got a bill uh, and my batteries were toast. In the Rana shop, both the probe and the tool setter. Oh, weird. So okay. that might have been part of the problem. <laughs> it was running right. on low juice, you know? Right. Um, so I paid their $25 per battery, and there's four batteries, two in each. Um, so, but I didn't get a bill for the, the apps engineer's time. Right. My machine's technically still under warranty. It's a year old as of like the day before <laughs> the guy right. came, but, but they had a, uh, so when I bought the machine, like a week later after I bought it, they, I hadn't even, I don't actually, maybe I hadn't even signed the paper, the, the dotted line yet. They came out with this, um, uh, thing for Canadians where it's like, get a two year warranty if you buy a machine. So I was like, right. Hey, can you guys hook me up with that? And they were like, uh, I don't know. Like and you were pretty like, much do it. Yeah. And so they just, they did, they were kind and they did it. Um, and so I think, I guess it's under warranty, but I haven't, right. I didn't get a bill for that. I'm assuming I won't cause they were pretty Johnny on the spot with those other two bills. Right. Um, so I was pretty pleased. The service was great. They were, they didn't mess around. They were here. They sent a really yeah. qualified person knew what they were doing and they did that. There was kind of them to, to fix the tool setter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to be like a little like, oh, I don't, it's bad to be having software issues like that. But you know what? They're there and they fixed it and like shit happens. Yeah, I wasn't happy about that, um, especially because it comp- compromised a, you know, a piece of work. Yeah. An extremely rare and expensive piece like of oh. Koa. Oh, no. So it was fine. Was it salvageable? Yeah, it's 10,000 that I have to sand out. You'll never, right. No one will ever know. Um, but it's extra work and it was annoying. Yeah. It set me back a day and a half. Yeah. And um, probably some swearing. Yeah. yeah I was, uh, you know, like I, I figured that break stem was there to break. Like it looked like it was designed <laughs> for that. But yep. in my, like, you know, <laughs> my nightmares, I'm like that. I need, I'm like, oh, that's a $3,000. That's a $3,000. Yeah. Party. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it's like I didn't crash the probe or like break the probe body. I think that's like the common thing that people do. I don't I don't know how many people crash and break their tool probe setter or tool setter. <laughs> I, I think my favorite one is when somebody accidentally spins the tool probe up to max RPM. Oh, so, yeah. You know, I did that machine, once. That'd be like 12,000 RPM. And, you're like, Fuck, <laughs> and then it just comes apart. Oh. In the machine. Boom. It should really be like, I wonder if there are like limits. So like I have mine designated as a probe. Mm, right so would it probably is yeah but maybe it would like they sometimes these machines are kind of dumb um (laughs) but yeah i did that so i we used to um i used to probe 
two datums on the axes machine every morning right. with a dial indicator. Right. And, <laughs> one, and there's a, there's a warm up cycle I run every morning on the machine too. Right. So usually I, I run the warm up cycle and then I, I probe the, the datums and this way I, I just did it backwards for some oh, reason. I wasn't no. thinking, I had no coffee. So the right. tool, the, the um, dial indicator was in the probe when I, when I warmed it up. So just at, like at 10,000 RPM, yeah, I just flung this, uh, Mitotoyo, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> dial indicator across the room at full, full speed. Jesus. Well, dial indicators can be purchased. Yeah. I'm just glad you weren't in front of it. I saw, um, I think it was like aspect CNC or someone on, on Instagram the other day posted a photo of their house and both of the front windows in the doors were just absolutely shattered and there was a massive dent in the middle uh right in the middle in between the two doors and he'd had a part come out of the vice and get thrown (laughs) into the doors so hard that it had smashed both windows wow um but the part didn't leave the machine these windows i mean the the ones on the sides are just like acrylic or plexi um but these front ones are i don't know what if they're made out of, but they're pretty heavy duty glass. Laminated glass, yeah. Mm. So they'd be like two layers of glass with a, a plastic bonding layer in the middle. Mm. Um, which is the same kind of stuff that they use for car windshields. Okay. Well, yeah. I know I've I've heard people sing the praises of uh like speedios or machines that have that like metal grid mm. in the window for that reason. And i I gotta say I'm surprised more like I don't know anything about lathes, but they they look scary. <laughs> and the idea of one yeah. of those, like the, the part coming out of a chuck and spinning at however many RPM going straight through yep. a window. You definitely me. see posts. I think by far the scariest thing that someone can do on a lathe is stick a long bar at the back of the lathe unsupported oh, yeah, and yeah, then true. spin it up to high RPM. I'm pretty sure they that's have like, stickers on the machine saying don't do that. Yeah, they definitely do. That That's the shit that'll like kill you. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know? Um, well, so yeah, that, that worked out fine and it was cool. Like I haven't had any training on this machine, like from Serco, who's the HFO. Right. Uh, so it was kind of sweet to have an apps guy here and just ask him a bunch of questions. And when he comes in, I'm always like, I'm always like sensitive about the fact that we're not cutting metal on this, but like filling it with wood dust. (laughs) Right. Right. And he was like, whatever, you know, the things just cut, they'll cut whatever you want. You know, he's like, ah, it's not so bad. Don't worry about it. Um, which made me feel a little bit better. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was telling him about that other issue we were having where, you know, we were having a tolerance problem where when we flipped apart, things weren't lining up. And just like with the, the tool length thing, he, he was like, you know, the reason I wanted to touch that tool off in the first place, he was like, I, you know, I can't really speculate on what was causing these issues um but his one piece of advice which was like i mean we were doing this on the the axis machine he said just you have a probe just probe g54 every morning right and right just make sure and make sure you're in the right place um because these machines rehome you know they home themselves every time you turn them on Right. And they're supposed to, you know, be accurate. But if you're, you know, our tables are stationary, like these tables are mounted and we expect that to be repeatable every day. Um, Whereas a lot of people, they probe in their work 
piece every time they do you know a new operation um so that's yeah i mean the the home position should be very repeatable so the way that the home position on industrial machines works is that most of them those that have limit switches anyway Mm -hmm. basically they go in one direction till they hit the the limit switch or the homing switch and then they move away from the the homing switch and look for an encoder count so there's basically one pulse per rotation on most encoders that's like the index pulse so they don't actually use the homing switches to produce the home position they just use that to track the end of travel and then they move away from that to find the index pulse and then use that as the home position okay that's uh, because any type of switch like mechanical or inductive has uh, a hysteresis like basically differing every time you measure it it's going to be slightly different right um whereas that index pulse is like as accurate as the servo system can be so yeah and i mean we haven't been doing this and it's hasn't been a problem except for occasionally yeah Yeah. and i told him about it's a bit weird it was weird you know and it bothered me that you know we're trusting this machine to be accurate but then i'm you know listening to him he's saying if you want to sleep better at night basically you have a probe just probe what you're doing and that makes that makes me feel like i have a solution to this i don't have to just i just have to just blindly trust this machine even though i'm sure it will be accurate nine times or 99 times out of 100 um when i'm cutting out a a guitar that i've already sunk 20 hours into that's made out of wood that's irreplaceable i you know i don't want to just yeah assume yeah it's gonna work yeah 100 so i've got this probe and it's fucking so easy to use um even if i was as long as you just spin it up to twelve thousand rpm yeah exactly. <laughs> even if i was just to use though the the um like the uh pre-written like um template to probe yep. a hole it's pretty yep. easy but we can write our own to just automatically sort of go to a specific position um, and run the probing cycle. Right. Yeah, it sounds reasonable. So that's that was the excitement for last week. <laughs> nice. And uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, we we took like a bit of a hiatus from shipping guitars because we were out of cases. Oh, right. And oh, um, Don't you hate it when something like that uh, holds things up? There's so, just always something. Like now we're yeah. almost out of shipping boxes. I got like 13 more shipping boxes. So now I got to order shipping right. boxes. Right. Um, which I wanted to make a big change to, but I, it's expensive because boxes, mm. you need a die to make them. Um, right. We have a pretty custom box. So the die is like, I think 2,500 bucks. Oh, wow. Uh, to- Cole, I don't know if they, I don't know if it'll be too big, but there's a company in the States called Eco Enclose. Okay. Give them a call. Because they they don't do dyes, they do everything with a CO two laser. Because they specialize in like relatively low volume stuff, and all of the cardboard that they use is one hundred percent post consumer recycled, and they use like fully biodegradable inks and stuff. Cool. Um, I really like them as a company. They're like super interesting, um, and yeah, I, I I've had like you know social media interactions with them, but. I've heard good things. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, so yeah, give them a call. Um, yeah. It's, it, 
I will. I might as well. Um, it is a pretty custom box. Right. Um, so. Yeah, and if you have the option to like get rid of the the die and like be able to make well, changes be, from order to order, it's super nice. That would be great. Speaking of um, accidentally endorsing companies, uh, like a couple of episodes ago, I talked about Mr. Metal in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And Darren, my contact there, he called me up and he's like, hey, I got like a couple of people that came and said you you told me to you told them to come here for like for metal and stuff. <laughs> so like thanks. He, was, <laughs> he sent me some swag. He sent me like a, a camo hoodie and shit. Oh, it was very funny. I didn't wasn't expecting that. That's tight. they were. I think I said on the show that the um the bends the sheet metal, bent sheet metal that they did for me didn't didn't work out. Which it didn't. Like, like we'll, we'll be honest about that. But I will say that they didn't give me any shit about it. They gave me a hundred percent of my money back. Like, no problems at all. Um, and I respect that. Oh, you know? that's. Like, I mean, that's more than you can ask for. That's. Um, yeah. Like we we always say it's like um, a customer service issue is a chance to give good customer service. Yeah. Show yeah, exactly the cust- kind of customer service that you're you're capable yeah. of, of giving that you care. It, it really does a lot. Even if you fuck, even if you fuck up hugely, owning um, it and owning it. you know making it right is yeah, yeah. it's a big people. Thing. People almost respect it more than if they just 100%. had a fine, easy going experience. <laughs> yep, it stands and, out. Uh, stands out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I had I had a, someone else uh, send an email in uh, or an Instagram message in after that saying like, oh, you should check out Send Cut Send, which is a company based I was on, on the their website today. Yeah, so you might have seen that they've started shipping to Canada, which is super exciting. They now do like $30 flat rate shipping to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do like tons of laser cut yes. stuff. Yeah. I actually, so, I yeah. was looking because I want to get some, uh, we have these little badges that go on our guitars sometimes. Yep. It's an option. It okay. says Frank Brothers instead of getting our Hexagon logo. Yes. Um, yep. And it's out of polished aluminum, like the top's polished. Right. Um, but they don't have that as an option in their materials. So I'm wondering if they would do a, a different material other than what they offer on their website. Like you specifically want polished aluminum yeah. or you just want aluminum? Well, I, d- I want polished aluminum or I want some finish. Some some I don't want it to be just raw. Yeah, I think you'd be... I mean, I think... Companies like Send Cut Send and Osh Cut are really set up to like do volume in those materials that they have. That's I what know. I figured. So yeah, that's why I started to look otherwise other, other, in other places. I mean, I could always just get it made out of whatever, uh, some aluminum. I guess sixty sixty one. Yeah. What's what's the standard? Yeah, sixty sixty one. And maybe like polish it. Yeah, I don't want to polish it. It's really small and like. Uh, fragile but maybe sandblast it or something get some sort of what couldn't you just like mount it with wax to a block and then you know rub it over a, a surface plate with some sandpaper and done yeah or i could find somebody else and just give them pre-polished Money aluminum <laughs> to do it yeah right. like uh, it just needs to have a polished surface or a brushed it really doesn't matter it just needs to be right. finished in some respect well or just stainless then Stainless is brushed. Yeah, you can get. Uh, there's like f- Send Cut Send do like four or five different finishes of stainless. 
I think they do like a mirror and then they do like a, a oh, satin what? brushed and a, a mill finish. And yeah, there's lots and lots of options for stainless because it's often used in like kitchens and shit, right? Where they need different finishes. Okay. All right. Well, I don't see that on their list of options. They just have 304 and 316. Yeah. You have to go into like, you have to actually like put your part in and then choose the material. Okay in the in the like checkout so what do you do you just upload a a dxf, DXF? Okay. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. this would be perfect they've got 30 thou which is i think what we use Did yeah i've been through the quote process up with them a bunch of times just like seeing basically like uh taunting myself with the unavailability <laughs> but now that they're actually sending to canada it's pretty exciting um because yeah. I've talked to a couple of laser cutting shops in Toronto and like the people that return your emails at all, you know, like I had one company, I was like, oh, I just need a couple of, you know, pieces cut. And they were like, oh yeah, you have to ship us like a full sheet of material and blah. And I was like, make this easy for me, like, please. You don't want to, yeah. Like you're not keeping any material in stock. Like you could have told me like, oh, I, we don't do that thickness. How about this one? <laughs> They're telling me they don't keep any material in stock. Like yeah. I have to ship them some material, well, which is crazy. See, that would be fine for me because I I would just ship them this uh, polished aluminum that you get from McMaster. But right, because um, you know a, a two by four sheet would like make a million of these. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I did some googling, and it they, every it just all seems a little rough around the edges. These places, yes, like they're yeah, and then they're just cutting big sheets of big stuff of mild steel into yeah whatever yeah i mean then there was one place that i dealt with previously uh well kind of dealt with i talked to them about a quote and then i reached out again recently i was like oh can you guys do this for me and they're like yeah yeah no problems we'll send you a quote never heard from them again you know and it's just like i just it's not enough time in the day to deal with like chasing that shit up constantly Mm -hmm. no it's uh that's annoying but yeah this is uh this is interesting. I, I wonder what the f- edge finish would be like. That's my only concern. Uh, I believe that they deburr all the parts that they send out, actually. How? Um, I don't know. They might put them through one of those like sheet finishing machines or something. You should know. just ask them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll get in touch. Sweet, because that would be awesome. I mean, Mark was cutting them on his... He was re- uh, machining them on his little right. router. Um they're pretty intricate parts. So it's time consuming and annoying for him. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. It's been honestly, my brain's kind of fried. It's been a wild couple of weeks. Yeah. I hear you. Well, it's been pretty crazy working the new job and trying to like wrangle all the other stuff as well. Well, it's going to feel like a breeze then once you're settled. Mm hmm. Oh, and dude, just being able to like walk out to the shop. Oh my god, I am jealous. Uh, oh, I fucking, I have nice. a. I, if I'm driving, it's like nine minutes, and I'm, I'm a really pretty calm guy. <laughs> except, except I, man, driving is. I just find it so stressful because part mm. of it's my fault. I'm like, it takes me ten minutes to drive to the shop if I, there's no lights. I'm gonna leave it until <laughs> I'm gonna leave ten minutes before I'm supposed to be at the shop. Right, you know, which is stupid. And then I'm like, oh, move, you idiot. <laughs> like, right. The light is green. I've, Go. You know? <laughs> we talked about this a little bit before Christmas, but I've been driving for leisure okay, since I got that 
uh, racing wheel, the sim sim racing wheel. Oh, right, right. That thing is amazing. I got it like a couple of weeks ago. Forgot about that. Holy shit! Like I have this thing strapped to my desk, and with it turned up all the way, if you like hit a bump on a rally track, it's like trying to tear my desk in half. It's like throwing shit off. Really? Desk. What the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy. It's super strong. Um, yeah, and it's just the other we- the other wheel that I had was a very uh, inexpensive one, and it really you could feel the mechanism kind of like it had like drag this one this one is literally an industrial servo bolted directly to a steering wheel (laughs) so like if the wheel doesn't want there to be any resistance there isn't you can just spin the wheel the steering wheel like it's on barracks crazy um but then you know when it turns on and is like emulating the the steering rack in the car and stuff it feels like a car it's it's pretty nuts Um, Uh, i'd like to try this oh anytime buddy you're very welcome. Well, before you uh, go ahead and move hours from yeah, Toronto, there you go. Have to come you in, should yeah. come over. Yeah. Um, well, you and the family are welcome anytime for any length of time. Okay, cool. All right. Um, summer vacations at uh, there you at go. your um, what do you call it? Are you going to call it a ranch? It's kind of got a ranch vibe. Goff Goff Ranch. Yeah. yeah. You got to get yourself a hat and some some boots. <laughs> Uh, I'm leaning more toward, you know, solar panels and, uh, one day in the distant future when I have money to burn, maybe a cyber truck. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah. But yeah, that'll be I, in, in between then and now I'm like, I really, as I said, I really want to build a race car. I really want to build a little rally car and that's going to be something like dirt cheap you know, like a, a used Volkswagen Golf GTI that I buy for like three grand and then, uh, you know, super bolt some racing parts too. Yeah. Well, the great thing for you about you guys, you guys have a car and for yep. all practical purposes, that's just going to be able to just get you guys around. Like you don't need a commuter. Yep. You don't need, you know, no. you just we'll hardly leave the house anyway. Honestly, I yeah. think like we'll probably leave the house like <laughs> once or twice a week. You know? So how far is like amenities, grocery store, 10 minutes theater. not even yeah grocery store is like not even 10 minutes okay and then we have some friends that live pretty local so like 20 minute drive away fantastic um yeah and there's like a little community center down the street that's apparently very active oh like they okay. have like spaghetti dinners and hey and stuff yeah, maybe so. you can join a like the shriners or something like that yeah there you go yeah Not there's a baseball baseball a diamond great yeah, it's it's interesting, man. It's Spontane. it's going to be real different, real real different. Rural but I think Ontario. it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I think we should wrap it there. But congratulations, all right, buddy. Big moves. Nick's sick of me already. <laughs> sick of me already. Well, I'm all hopped up on coffee, and I should I should use take Don't advantage work. of that energy it is by the way people when we're recording this it is right now it is quarter past nine in the p.m and nick just chugged a giant cup of coffee while we we're recording this yeah um yeah that's and i didn't sleep last night why <laughs> um so i built uh a ikea cabinet like a dresser for yeah. beatrice's room and it has this ikea piney sort of weird smell like okay. almost chemically but pine and you know i didn't think much of it 
But B woke up in the middle of the night, which isn't that uncommon. I went into her room to go settle her. And I was just like whapped in the face with this pungent smell of Ikea, piney formaldehyde. I don't know what the fuck it is. Oh, weird. So I just gra- grabbed her and I brought her into our room. And I put the ceiling fan on in her room, opened the drawers to let the whole thing air out. Right. So she slept in I our- guess it's just brand new. And yeah. It needs to air and out. I, I made it. I finished it like right before I put her to bed. Right. Um, anyways, so she slept in my spot. I'm like, and I slept like a dog at the foot of the bed, basically. <laughs> um, and she's a two-year-old. place she, in life. Yeah. She takes up zero space, but manages right. to sprawl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. The coffee's partly for that. Jeez, buddy. But. Well, keep all your fingers intact. Lovely talking with you. Uh Next episode, I will have actually had time to like catch up on the space news and stuff. So we'll talk about some space stuff. Yeah. We'll talk about all sorts of things. Okay. Well, look, I'll look forward to it. Mm-hmm. All right, buddy. All right. Good to see you. Good to talk with you. Good to talk with everyone. And we will see you in a couple of weeks. Cheers. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.